You're listening to Fitness Beyond Aesthetics. I'm your host, Estelle, and I'm super happy you're tuning in today. I'm a certified personal trainer and life coach whose life within the fitness world has been pretty all over the place. After becoming a personal trainer, I quickly realized that most people needed just as much help with their heart and mind, which is why I now fuse fitness and life, because the two cannot be pulled apart. In this podcast, my goal is to help you find confidence, freedom and understanding, and feel at home in the fitness world and explore self-discovery and life topics intersecting with fitness in ways you may not have thought of before. It's time you figure out for yourself what it means to be healthy and make choices you feel confident in that lead to creating a life you love. Welcome to Fitness Beyond Aesthetics. Let's get started. Are you on the journey to achieve a healthier lifestyle, but find it challenging to get all the nutrients you need from your regular diet? Look no further than Perfect Supplements. Perfect Supplements is a leading provider of high quality, all natural supplements designed to support your well-being and help you reach your health goals. Whether you're an athlete striving for peak performance, a busy professional seeking more energy, or simply someone who wants to improve their overall vitality, Perfect Supplements has something for you. They are committed to sourcing the purest and most potent ingredients to create products that are free of harmful additives, fillers, and synthetic chemicals. You can trust that what you're putting in your body is of the highest quality and genuinely beneficial. One of my favorites is their grass-fed collagen. It's fantastic for supporting joint health, promoting radiant skin, and strengthening hair and nails. Plus, it's sourced from grass-fed, pasture-raised cattle, ensuring that you get the best quality collagen available. And for you guys, they're offering an exclusive discount. Head over to their website at perfectsupplements.com and use the code Estelle at checkout to get 10% off your order. That's Estelle, my name, E-S-T-E-L-L-E. And what's even better is when you buy three, you save 20%. When you buy six, you save 25%. Stack that with my code Estelle, E-S-T-E-L-L-E, for that additional 10% off and you get up to a total of 35% off. Take a step towards a healthier you with Perfect Supplements. The link is in the show notes. Hello, and welcome back to another episode. Today, we are going to be diving into the topic of mobility. And I totally understand that this may not seem like the most sparkly, sexy subject in the world. I fully understand But I also think that it is crucial to talk about and for you to understand the purpose of mobility training in your life and in your daily life, really, if you want to experience pain-free movement, safety within different ranges of movement, freedom of movement, and also faster progress in the gym. So let's talk about why you need to be doing mobility training if you are not already doing it. Now, before we get into this, I want to first establish the difference between mobility and flexibility. So mobility is flexibility with strength. So for example, someone might be able to do the splits. Great. They are super flexible, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're mobile. Mobile would be having strength within the range of the split. So depending on who you follow, I follow some accounts that are like very mobility focused and very unique. And uh, I follow this one girl who she will do the splits that are elevated. So basically both of her feet 
are on um blocks or chairs or something either in front or behind um or to the sides of her depending on which splits she's doing and she is able to press into the boxes or into the chairs to to support herself so that she is not sinking down now that is being mobile because she is able to control it she's not just flopping around she can actually control that range so this is the difference between mobility and flexibility you could also think of this as um you may know like the pancake stretch so you sit down on the floor you are in a straddle position so your legs are kind of in front but out to the side and you lean forward and your torso moves to the floor that's a pancake. Some people can just flop down to the floor, you know, stomach on the floor. They're in that pancake position. But that doesn't necessarily mean they have strength within that range. So building mobility for that would be going into the pancake and lifting back up and holding a weight. So that's kind of the difference between mobility and flexibility training. It can get a little bit more technical than that, but that's the idea that mobility is flexibility with strength. Now, mobility training is not just body weight training or lightweight training. You can also train mobility with heavier weight um, if you work your way up. So I'm not saying go do this right now, but you can definitely work your way up. So some examples of this would be like deficit deadlifts or RDLs. So let's say that you have been doing Romanian deadlifts or deadlifts for a while. Um, That's fantastic. But let's say you want to increase your range of motion with those. So you could stand on, um, not like a box, you don't want it very high, but elevate yourself, like stand on a plate or a couple plates and do your deadlifts from there because then the bar is lower down And you're having to build that same strength within a deeper range of motion. The same concept applies to deeper squats, lateral lunges, where you go all the way down to the floor, deficit calf raises. So not calf raises where you're just standing on the ground and lift yourself up, but it's where your heels are hanging off the back, your heels go down and that backup. So your heels are essentially going below the level of your toes. Things like that, where you are increasing the typical range of motion and building strength within that range. Now, strength can transfer to an extent outside the range of motion of training. So for example, if you have been doing squats to parallel your whole life, it's not to say that you're not building any strength below parallel, but obviously the percentage is going to be much lower. So I don't necessarily want you, let's just say you've been doing squats with like 200 pounds to parallel. I don't want you to all of a sudden go below parallel because we don't really know how much strength your body has there. And we don't want to, you know, what put strain on your low back because as you go lower, depending on your hip anatomy, core strength, your core could give out, your back could buckle. We just want to be careful. So when you do go into those greater range of motion movements, things like Jefferson curls, especially a Jefferson curl is basically an elevated RDL uh, without a neutral spine. It is it is a spine exercise. <laughs> you are intentionally arching your back all the way down um, with a barbell, uh, just just like you do with a deadlift until your barbell is around your feet or even below your feet. And then you are gradually uncurling your spine on the way up. So this is a spine exercise. It's not a deadlift where it's like your legs and everything. Um, 
what was I saying? Oh yeah. So just be careful when you go into these deeper ranges of motion. Um, I recommend starting very, very light just to see how your body does. Um, because it is possible depending on the movement that you may not even be capable of that range at the moment. Uh, you may need to very gradually increase your range with light weight, because if you have not been using that movement, um, regularly your or I shouldn't say that movement using that range regularly your body does not know that it needs to maintain that range just like I talked about I can't remember if it was in last episode or before if you don't use it you lose it this isn't just a muscle thing this is a range of motion thing too I mean range of motion comes from muscles um, bones to an extent but um we control what what we are able to control is our muscles right so if you don't use that range you lose that range and the reason it is so important to be prioritizing mobility training over flexibility training is because strength without, uh, sorry, flexibility without strength is dangerous because you lack control. Imagine if you, <laughs> let's just take, for example, um, someone who's, you've, we've all seen this in movies. Maybe you've even seen it in person. Uh, you know, they'll be out on the dance floor and someone like falls into the splits because they're just like dancing so hard. And then they're like, in pain, right? Um, now, if you're really flexible, you're going to be able to go into the splits just fine, um, but you could still get injured because your body isn't used to doing it so quickly. It's not in control. It's just going to flop down there. If you are mobile, you might start to do something like that, but you could control and bring yourself out. So mobility is about controlling a greater range. Flexibility is about having a greater range. So mobility is really so much better and should be a higher priority. Now, I've mentioned this before, but in case you're just tuning in now, um, you need to know that each joint in the body was designed to be either primarily sto stable or primarily mobile, not stable. <laughs> now, it's important to note this because mobility training has become so popular. Everyone's like mobility, 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 and they just stretch, stretch, stretch. So there's a couple problems here. Stretching is not mobility training and not our whole body was supposed to be primarily mobile. Or I should say each of our joints was supposed to be primarily mobile. If you go down the chain and you alternate each of the major joints, so we have things like uh, shoulders, T-spine, um, lumbar spine, so that's low back, hips, knees, ankles, wrists, da, da 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 They alternate stable, mobile, stable, mobile, stable, mobile. The low back, it's meant to be primarily stable. Upper back, primarily mobile. Um, yeah, and shoulders, primarily mobile. So that whole area, mobile, mobile, mobile. Um, hips, primarily mobile. Knees, primarily stable ankles primarily mobile so you can see that there's this alternating going on and it doesn't mean that when something is primarily mobile that it won't have any stability and if something is primary primarily stable it doesn't mean that it shouldn't have any mobility but it's really about a balance between the two so when your body doesn't have this healthy relationship like 
This is really common I see with the um, uh, shoulders. So a lot of people are really tight in their shoulders and upper back and also their hips. Um, now, this can happen because their low back is not stable, partially because we sit so much. So the core is weak. The, the hip flexors in front of the hips are really tight. So when one joint isn't doing its job, the joints neighboring or even farther down the chain, sometimes all of them are going to compensate because the same thing still needs to happen whether the joint provides that or not. The body's gonna find a way. And so what this results in is pain, restriction, a lack of control, misfiring patterns, basically moving and the body firing in a way or order that it's not meant to. So just in case you're not familiar with this term firing, <laughs> this is really me just talking about the order in which the body activates muscles. So um, the best way I can explain this is most movements require more than one muscle to be used, obviously, um, but it doesn't necessarily want uh, certain muscles more than the other. There still should be a prime mover and an order in which those activate, like this one first, second, third, and so on. So one way I kind of, uh, one assessment I do for this, um, and of course this doesn't apply to the whole body, but just this part of the body. Um, let's say someone has, a, they're struggling to feel certain movements in their glutes or their low back is always hurting or they really feel in their quads or whatever. I have them lay down on their back or sorry, not on their back, on their stomach. And I need to be able to see their back uh, very clearly. So sometimes they'll wear a fitted shirt or even ask to like see their low back when they perform this movement. So they're laying down on their stomach, um, flat down on the floor. So, you know, that you can place, if you wanted to do this with yourself, you could place your, um, your head on your hands. So your hands are up by your forehead and you just rest your hands there. Um, and what you do is you just slowly lift one of your legs back, like up towards the ceiling, um, keeping it straight, of course. And what's going to happen, what I'm looking for is we have the low back, the glutes, the hamstrings, basically working in unison here. And I want to see when does the low back light up? When do the glutes start activating? And sometimes I'll record this and I'll play it in slow motion so that I can really see what's going on here. And almost always, you guys, the low back lights up first. It is, it's working too much. And a lot of people have low back pain or they do a movement and they're like, oh man, why do I feel this in, low, in my low back? Like my, my form is correct. Form isn't everything. Firing order uh, matters too. So almost always I see the low back light up first when really the glutes should be the prime mover. And this is coming from someone who does not believe in perfect form or a singular way of doing things. Everyone's body is different and it's made to adapt. So even sure, let's say like this person has their perfect form and another person has their perfect form, still those two individuals could do things even more differently, have lots of different options to do things. It just depends on what their goal is. And the body is made to adapt. 
But even that being said, there are also things we can do and things we know cause injury and or make you more prone to injury. Things like excessive lordosis, a lack of core control, limited hip rotation, obviously an S-curve of the spine. A lot of these things can be improved um, just via mobility training, strength training, and of course, being aware of your limitations. Because some people, they might do a movement and just be like, oh, that's just how my body moves. And sure, it could be in part due to your structure, structural anatomy. But what I have found is that's usually a very small piece of it. And more so, it's just that that's how your body has learned to move because that's what you've taught it to do. So we really essentially need to reteach our bodies how to move and how to engage. So most people have excessive lordosis, not because that's how their bones formed, but because we sit a lot. Our core is is not engaged. Um, we have really tight hip flexors and hamstrings and our glutes are not activating properly. Um, we have limited hip rotation because we're not rotating our hips all the time, you know, and then there are structural issues like the S curve of, of a spine scoliosis. And sure, we can, we can do things to an extent when it is structural, um, but that's not everything. A lot of the time people confuse that's just how my body works to things that are actually problems that they should solve because your body adapts to what you tell it to do. So if you sit a lot, I'm not even saying all day, if you just sit for extended periods of time, like myself, I have to deal with this. I am not exempt. Um, your hip flexors will shorten. So you, you might be sitting, listening to this right now. If you're not, you can just imagine it. Um, when you sit, Look at the look at your hips. Look at the position they're in. Um, the the front of your hips, the muscles there, they're having to shorten, right? The muscles in the back, they're getting longer. Um, you're not having to really activate your core as much because you're sitting. And I'm not saying it's not activated at all, but not as much. Now, if you were to stay in this position for a long time, the body learns, hey, we need to get really, really good at sitting. Because you told your body to do that in so many, quote, words, <laughs> the, the language that your body speaks. So when you stand up or you go do weightlifting, your body has gradually adapted. So I'm not saying your hip flexors have completely shortened, but they are shorter. Your, the muscles in your glutes, they're a little lengthened. They're not as active. Core, not as active. So not only do you have these um, longer term adaptions like the lengthened glutes and the shortened hamstrings or sorry, uh, shortened hip flexors. Um, but also firing patterns plays a role in that too. Now, if you are a relatively sedentary person, you might be thinking like, well, you know, I sit a lot, so maybe my body should be good at sitting. <laughs> you know, I, I only occasionally walk around. It's not bothering me right now. Sure. I totally get it. If that is your 100% whole life, like all you do is literally sit and occasionally walk in a straight line. Yeah. You, pr you probably won't get injured, but the reality is that even a relatively sedentary person is going to need to pick something up once in a while, push a grocery cart, walk up a hill, go downstairs, move quickly if a car is coming your way. And if you haven't been training your body to be able to do these things, you are period at a higher risk of injury. 
This is where not just the kind of weightlifting I teach comes into play, but also mobility training. And I do make custom mobility training for all of my one-on-ones, custom programming and personal training. Um, And there's also several mobility sessions within tier three of my membership, and you get basic mobility work within tiers one and two as well. So no one is forgotten here. Now, most people correlate mobility to just being able to move, but mobility offers so much more besides that. And like I just explained, a reduced risk of injury. Mobility also helps you experience faster progress in the gym and with your workouts because a body that moves well, it is excited to get better at doing things. Mobility helps you have better form because your body is not restricted and it feels safe to move. And mobility not only can prevent, but it can also reverse pain. Now, I don't deny the effects of aging, but something we all need to keep in mind is the average lifestyle of someone who ages and what they have done in their life. It is not as simple as just saying, even if someone's active and they're and they're a little older, well, how were they active? Like I'm I've been approached by several very well-meaning older people in the gym that are like, you need to stretch, you need to stretch, you need to stretch. But you have to look at what were they doing? What form of training were they doing? And all of these people, I can conclusively say, because I've had extensive conversations with them, they were doing bodybuilding. Like I've said, these train typically shorter range of motions, which do lead to being tight and not mobile. And it's a very mechanical way of moving. It's not natural. So they aren't training the same way I am. So did these people really give their body all the care that it needed? Did they take into consideration the possible negative effects and work against those? And most pain and restriction, it is due to reduced activity and not training mobility. And this is really a snowball effect and it gets harder and harder the longer you don't move because it gets harder to move. So you move less and there's less of a desire to move as much. And then it's harder to move because it's discouraging. And because of moving less, you're not as connected to your body. And then you start lacking self-confidence. And so you can really see that it's a snowball spiral effect. And it's best to get ahead of what is inevitable if you don't care for your body in this way. Now, I mentioned this uh, not as connected to your body. So mobility training um, can really help you develop that connection to your body. You may have heard of something called proprioception. And this there's different kinds of proprioception. There's internal and external proprioception, but it has to do with being aware of where your body is in space. And we can think of this on a spectrum like baby babies, like newborns and uh, even toddlers to an extent. They're not as aware of where their body is in space. Like they move totally differently than adults. Like babies, you have to think about keeping their fingernails really short because they can scratch themselves in the face. And hey, you know what? I can totally scratch myself in the face too. (laughs) But it's common when they're babies. They're just like flinging their hands around, their arms around, like there's body. They're experiencing where their body is. They're getting to know that. But this is not supposed to be the case when you're older. You are supposed to be in control. And mobility training is something that can restore that to you. And in this way, mobility training also contributes to having more energy and confidence as well. When I begin working with people, I have noticed a very stark difference from people who are more active and less active when it comes to 
being in control of their body. People who are generally less active, they can't perform a single leg deadlift without holding on to something. It feels very strange to them. And I get that. That was me at one point too. Uh, some people, they can't lay on their back and lower their legs to the floor without arching their back. There's just like something about that. Like it's not clicking in their brain. And those who move more frequently... I'm not even talking about strong per se. I'm just saying use their body more. They move with a different energy than those who don't. They're able to not overthink movements as much because they're more in tune with their body. Just as an example, I was coaching a woman who she did a lot of body weight stuff. She did a ton of yoga. She did things like Pilates and bar. She had done almost no lifting in her life. And she, um, um, she expressed to me, hey, you know, I know I need to start lifting because I was d- diagnosed with osteopenia. Like my bones are very brittle and I need to start getting stronger. Um, But as I was watching her form and just how she moved, her movements were honestly beautiful. She moved with confidence. She knew exactly where her body was. She was balanced and control. And I was honestly blown away because I was like, I don't see this level of control very often. So this is not just a strength training thing I'm talking about here. This is just like a moving and getting to know your body thing. And this is what mobility training can offer you. So my message here is not just to do with mobility, but really, please just move more. I know that this can feel overwhelming because you might be thinking like, I don't have that much time. Like I have like, I have a few minutes here and a few minutes there, but how am I supposed to, you know, do a full-blown mobility session every day or let alone a few times a week. That's just way too much Estelle. You may have heard of something called movement snacks. So you can also do like mobility snacks <laughs> and you can just do little things here and there. Like you have one minute, use that one minute. You have two minutes, use those two minutes. Like even just incorporating simple things into your daily life. Like if you work at home or even if you work out at work, work out in an office, <laughs> work at an office, try getting up every 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever interval is reasonable for you. Preferably more frequently is better, but I totally understand 20, every 20 minutes might be a lot. Doing things like a CARS routine. So CARS stands for controlled articular rotations. I know that sounds like way too fancy. Um, It just means like you are controlling the rotation of each of your joints. So you are taking all of your joints, their full range of motion. Um, You can just, if you don't have a mobility routine, if you know certain stretches that feel really good for you, I'm going to give you two tips for things that you can do to uh, start turning that stretch into mobility. So let's take, for example, a hamstring stretch. So let's say you're seated on the floor, legs extended in front of you, knees straight. So legs are straight and you bend forward like that, that forward fold, a seated forward fold. Now, if you're just focusing on stretching, that's flexibility training. However, two things you can do that will help you build strength within that range and also become mobile more faster because the body responds more quickly to mobility training and flexibility training because the body senses that just being flexible is not as safe. So it's more resistant to it. When you teach the body that it's safe and in control, it's willing to gain that range, much more willing. So you do that forward fold. What you can do 
is think of engaging the opposite muscle. So if you think about, okay, hamstrings are on the back. What's on the front, you guys? Even if you don't know the name of that muscle, you know where that muscle is and you know how to activate it. So you can think about engaging your quads, extending your knees. That is going to teach the teach the body that it is gaining strength on the opposite side of that joint. You can also think about building strength on the on that same side of the joint. So you can press against the floor with your heels, with your feet, keeping your legs straight, staying in that stretch in that same position. So you're basically working in the same, working opposite to the stretch, I guess you could say, but not enough to the point where you are coming out of the stretch. So I hope that makes sense, but building strength on both sides of that joint. So it's really like the glutes and the the knees, like those joints um, that you are stretching when you do the forward fold. So thinking about doing things. So pressing down, engaging glutes and hamstrings, lifting up or like just engaging in that direction, engaging the quads, those are two things that are going to turn a stretch into getting stronger. Now, there's plenty of other things that you could do, honestly, if you just got up, stretched your hip flexors and went on a walk or like a two minute walk even, that would be awesome to help break that pattern of telling your body to adapt into that seated position. Now, I do offer personalized work if you have things like aches, pains, or you just want to make sure that your body is fully supported, um, I can help you with that inside custom programming and personal training. Those are two of my one-on-one containers in a fitness capacity. So custom programming is just a little bit different from personal training because personal training is more hands-on, but they are both customized and one-on-one. So in order for me to develop this personalized work for you, we do static and postural and movement assessments. And based on all of that data I collect, I create that personalized mobility work for you so that your body can start working towards functioning the way that it really should and in a way that avoids aches, pains, and injury. Now, if you're not ready for one-on-one stuff, like I mentioned before, my membership has fantastic mobility work in it too. Daily cars routines, hip mobility specific work, relaxing full body stretches you can do before, before the evening. I'm not against stretching. I am not. (laughs) I definitely think it's important. I just think that it needs to be kept in its place and we need to understand what we're doing. Um, So that's inside tier three of my membership. But of course, I also offer general mobility work within the warm up and cool downs of tiers one and two within the membership. So the links for all of that are in the show notes. And of course, as always, there are free resources in there. I'm sorry, there is nothing free in regards, regards to mobility work, but there are tons of other great things. So feel free to peek through that. I can't wait to talk with you guys next week, more so in the realm of cardio, because this is something I don't talk a ton about as it is not my focus in helping you build muscle. But because this is like a little fitness foundation series, I wanted to be sure to include it. I do think that cardio is important and something that we should all be partaking in. So next week, we'll be diving into that and how you can do cardio in a way that challenges your body to the proper degree, but also does not place as much excessive stress on it. So I cannot wait to chat with you guys about that next week. Thank you so much for tuning in.
Thank you so much for tuning in today. I know you could have been doing other things, listening to other podcasts, but you listen to mine. So thank you. If you appreciated this episode, share it with a friend, family member, coworker, anyone else you think could benefit from it, even on your social media. And if you want to go the extra mile, leave a review. I know I might sound like a voice just coming through your headphones or your car stereo, but I am a real person as are you. And when I read your kind reviews, it truly warms my heart and it also helps my podcast grow and reach more people. Lastly, I want you to remember that this podcast is for you. So if there's a topic you'd like to hear about, let me know. Send me an email at estellecfitness at gmail.com. That's Estelle, the letter C, word fitness. So E-S-T-E-L-L-E, the letter C in the word fitness at gmail.com. Or send me a DM on Instagram at Estelle C Fitness. Signing off now. I'll talk to you guys later.